question is this. How do we get two groups of people to come together? Those that are completely disengaged with what I call their personal physical health status and those people who are in love with their physical health status and doing something about it. How do we bring them together so that everybody fits into the second category of falling in love with their physical health, lowering their risk of disease and feeling amazing? We're going to find out in today's episode of the new science of physical health. 10, 9, 8, ignition sequence has started. 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. We have commit and we have liftoff at 2.13. The Saturn V building up to 7.6 million pounds of thrust and it has cleared the tower. This is Mission Control Houston. We appear to have a good first stage at this no point. complete roll program. Houston, roger roll. We've got one more item for you when you get a chance. We'd like you to uh, stir up your cryo tanks. just heard was the real mission control voiceover for the launch of Apollo 13. That wasn't from some movie. Apollo 13, the famous movie by Tom Hanks, I'm oh, sorry, starring Tom Hanks by Ron Howard. And what you just heard then was real audio footage from the day that that took off in April 1970, I was about to turn four years old, captaining that particular uh, rocket ship was about to go to the moon was James Arthur Lovell Jr., Jim Lovell. The actor Tom Hanks played him in the movie Apollo 13. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about James Arthur Lovell Jr. for a particular reason. I wasn't going to put that in the introduction, but I found that after I had recorded this episode. So here's what's going to happen. You're about to transition now to the introduction where I'm going to say welcome to the show. But what I've done is I've spliced this in while I'm recording right now after I recorded the actual show. So we're about to transition into me introducing the show as normal and then get on with the episode. But I once I found that, I wanted to put that in there and come back and re-edit the show before I uploaded it and give you a little bit of the feel and flavor of the real rocket launch of Apollo 13. And you'll hear all about it and why I'm talking about it in the new science of physical health in just a moment. Transitioning to today's show and we'll get on with it right now. James Arthur Lovell Jr., born March 25th, 1928 and significance and your physical health outcomes. Let me put all of those things together in this episode. James Arthur Lovell Jr., significance and your physical health outcomes. Tonight in my house, we watched 
uh, the movie Apollo 13. Now, if you, I don't know what part of the planet you were on, um, but if you, because we have this show being listened to in 70 countries, we're up to 785, maybe 790 cities by now, and there's a lot of people across the planet. If you don't know who James Arthur Lovell Jr. is, you might know the character that was he that was portrayed by Tom Hanks in the movie Apollo 13. That's the movie we watched tonight. And to refresh your memories for and for people who've never seen the movie, it was made back in 1995, I think, by Ron Howard from the famous um, uh, Richie Cunningham from the famous TV show Happy Days, which is when I grew up as a kid. Happy Days is on television, but he's a world famous director of movies. Jim Lovell, the character in the movie, is a real character because it's based on the Apollo 13 astronauts who went up in the rocket Apollo 13 were supposed to land in the moon in 1970. They took off three days before I turned four years old. So on April 17th, now you know my birthday, April 17th, that's not my birthday, three days later, um, April 17th, 1970, I was just about just three days away from turning four years old, they took off to fly into space to go and land on the moon. So there's 1970, the, the, the year after, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin and the third guy, I can't remember his name, um, landed on the moon. So Jim Lovell and two other members of his crew were meant to land on the moon. But what happened was an oxygen tank blew out when they were on their way into space. And that oxygen tank caused their, um, their aircraft to uh, basically explode, part of it to explode. And not only could they not land on the moon and they had to get rid of part of it, if you watch the movie, then you see that as they, they go throughout the movie with this character played by Tom Hanks, Jim Lovell, um, what you see is um, that they were a bee's whisker from never being able to return to Earth. And in fact, NASA, the the um, Space Command Center in Houston, Texas, had to figure out all of these different scenarios on how to make get them back to Earth because they were going to run out of oxygen. Um, they were going to have no power. They were uh, going to have no water on board. They were having too much carbon dioxide, which means they were going to die. And the whole movie is about them overcoming things that you just think, well, there's no way they can overcome that. These guys are going to get, you know, they're going to die in space because their rocket ship is not going to make it back to Earth. And back in 1970, there was no one coming for these guys. There wasn't another rocket on board. It wasn't some kind of, like, miracle. This was going to be the end. But the whole story of Apollo 13 is that they, um, that they do overcome it and they do figure out through mathematics and engineering how to get this um, the part of the ship that they had left, this, the rocket ship that they had left, which was the part that was meant to land on the moon, they figure out against all of these um, engineering mishaps that they were having to get this thing back to Earth and to get these back guys back to Earth. So it turns out, while I'm, uh, all these years later, Captain Jim Lovell from the United States Navy, who then became an astronaut, I looked this up. This guy is still alive. He's 93 years old. That's amazing. He was born in, as I said, March 25th. 1928 so he had a he had a navy career and uh 
and then he had a NASA career in 1962. Um, NASA begins recruiting a second group of astronauts for the Gemini spaceship and Apollo programs. And so he was involved in that. Then he is, so Apollo 13, if you have seen the movie, in 1970 was not his first flight. He spent a total of 24 days in space and the 1970 trip, his last trip into space, was um, only seven days long. Nearly ended their lives, all three of the crew, but um, 1970 was uh, only seven days. So the rest of that, what does that, that means another, um, another 16 days, no, no, sorry, another 17 days in other missions that he flew into space. So he went on the Gemini 7 into space, the Gemini 12 into space. Um, a couple of months, that was on January 24th, 1966. He was named on um, the Gemini uh, 12 mission um, with Buzz Aldrin, the second person ever to walk on the moon after Neil Armstrong. And um, so about two months before I was born is when he went into space again. Then he went into the Apollo 8 program and uh, they think they went into space as well and the, and the Apollo 9. So he was a very uh, well-credentialed person in space and he was made the commander or the captain of um, the, the Apollo 13 mission, which, as I said, took off in, uh, in three days before I turned four years of age. And so what, um, what happened was is that they had, just so you can understand this, they had this routine um, stirring of these cryogenic oxygen tanks, which are on, on part of their ship in transit to the moon. But what that did was a fire started inside the oxygen tank and the most probable cause was a damaged electrical insulation wiring that created the spark to the fire and liquid oxygen rapidly turned into high pressure gas which burst the tank and caused the leak of the second oxygen tank. In over two hours, all onboard oxygen was lost, disabling the hydrogen fuel cells that provide electrical power to the command um, module. So they had to get into the other part of the ship, which was supposed to land on the moon, because that part was going to be okay if they were able to do a whole bunch of it, these engineering things and the technology, which was way less than what it is today. So then what happened was he get they do get back to Earth, and then he retires in 1973. So I'm still, that's three years later. In 1973, I was, um, I was like seven years old then. So he then starts to lead what anyone would call a fairly rate. Imagine this. You've just been to space, 24 days in space flight. You've been a captain in the Navy. You've been a NASA astronaut. Um, when he retired, he went to work, this is amazing, at a Bay Houston towing company in Houston, Texas. And then later on, he becomes the CEO of that company. So he took his leadership skills and his, his incredible mind and became a CEO um, he becomes a president of something called the Fisk Telephone Systems in 1977. So I'm still like 11 years old at this stage. Then later on, he worked as a um, executive vice president of this other telephone company called Centel. And then, uh, then he retired from active work. And in the 19, when was it? In the year 2000, he um, served as on the board of directors for the Astronaut, uh, what is it? Astronautics Corporation of America. They were a supplier of, and designer, manufacturer of avionics equipment to airlines and governments and com commercial defense aircraft manufacturers. Amazing stuff. So he's still involved in the industry, but he served on the board of that. And then um, 
1999, just before the year 2000, in, uh, in Chicago, Illinois, they opened up, he and his family opened up a restaurant. Now that, this is interesting. And so in 1999, uh, so when he went into space, I figured out he was 42 years old. In 1999, uh, all those years later, he would have been in his mid-60s. He and his family with his children opened up a restaurant in Illinois, and they that restaurant displayed, it was called Lovells of Lake Forest, where they were, um, and the restaurant displayed memorabilia from Jim Lovell's time in Nat with NASA and the filming of the Apollo 13 movie. So they had, they had memorabilia from that. And so that's what he did until they sold that and they closed that down in, in 2015. So if he's 93 now, um, that family restaurant was running up until 2015, six years ago. So he was in his mid-80s when, when that uh, closed down. And the reason that I wanted to tell that story is because I was watching that movie and I was thinking about, and this is the important part that relates to your physical health outcomes and for any, everybody. Jim Lovell had, by anyone's account, a, has and continues to have uh, a life of significance, meaning back in his um, 20s and 30s, before he became an astronaut, his significance for him was being a captain in the U.S. Navy. And he rose to the ranks of being a captain, was obviously out in ships and doing things like that. In fact, I found out in my reading that he had a cameo in Apollo um, 13. So as Tom Hanks, as Jim Lovell in the movie, gets off the, the rocket that landed back on Earth in the ocean, they went on to a Navy ship, and just that happened in real life. Well, in the movie, Captain Jim Lovell, who's now obviously in 1995, is 20 years, in his 60s, he plays... A captain on this ship, and Tom he shakes Tom Hanks's hand when Tom Hanks walks uh, comes off of the um, the rocket ship that's landed in the ocean, gets picked up by the Navy guys, and brought back onto the U.S. Navy ship. So he actually makes an appearance in the movie, which I didn't know that until. And I've watched it a few times because it, was, it first came out in 1995 and was a worldwide smash hit. So he's led a life of significance as a U.S. Navy captain, as an astronaut. Then he leaves that, that, and then he gets into working on boards, working in businesses, becomes CEOs of companies, opens his own, opens his own restaurant, as they say, as I talked about a second ago. Here's the thing, and this is what I want people to think about. This didn't happen to, what I'm about to say, has not happened to Jim Lovell, the astronaut, because he's still alive. And by all accounts, from what I've read and what I can research, he's in very good health for a 93-year-old person. And, but what happens to a lot of people? You, every person has... Um, no, I'm not gonna, never going to be an astronaut. And I don't know what gives you significance in life, whether it's the job that you do, whether it's um, the field of... Um, you, know, you, might be, you might be an engineer. You could be an accountant. You could be a lawyer listening to this. You could be someone who is a physical education teacher like me. You could be someone who is um, uh, a house cleaner and does, you know, does house cleaning. You could be someone who, um, all the different types of jobs. You could be involved in manufacturing. You could be a printer. You could be a hairdresser. You could be all, as many people, there are thousands of people listening to this show. And out of that, people from all walks of life exist. All of us. And we know this internally. We want to have some level of significance. It doesn't have to be flying into space and having a movie made about you and Tom Hanks being the star of that movie. That's not the that's not that's significant for him, 
because that was his story and that happened to him. And there's a lot that we can all get out of that. But what every one of us have, like I love sharing this show. I love building um, the, the writing the book that I've written. I love building the platform that surrounds that book that now comes in a box, in a pack, if you like, called The Experts Held Blueprint, um, which is what the book is all about. And I love interviewing professors. I love turning medical research into simple lessons that we can all use. I love, I love, I get a lot of significance out of working with people who love their physical health and want to do something to improve it. And, and now teaching them and helping to inspire them with our tools to reach out to the people who are not involved in improving their physical health and bringing the two groups together and growing the second, the first group, growing the group, as it says in the intro, growing the group that is falling in love with their physical health outcomes. That gives me significance. I enjoy that. That's why I do this show. And you could tell it's really authentic. But there's other things that give significance, like our family watching that movie tonight, like, um, uh, you know, going out to a lovely dinner and sitting around with some friends. And, you know, that that has significance as well. Um, what are we doing? We're planning a holiday at Christmas time. And we'll take our, our family golden retriever. We go, we usually go, we've got this spot where we go to a beach and we stay at a beach area. And we're just going out to the beach each day and then doing some other activities around the whole area of being. We stay at this beautiful park. We stay in a, like a, a not a mobile home, but something along those lines. It's a permanent residence in a mobile home um, park. And, we, and the beach is like this pristine beach that's like literally a couple of hundred metres away walking down these hills. And we just have this great routine when we go there. Um, we don't have, in Australia, for example, if you're listening to this from America, we have Berg, um, uh, Carl's Jr. Burger. Um, well, we don't have them all over Australia. There's like two in the whole of Australia. And one of them is right at this holiday spot that we go to. They have this Carl's Jr. Burger which I really love. Um, and uh, I think they're even putting, they're put, going to be putting an in and out burger, which I love those as well, the ones that are in California. Um, but, you know, so we just treat ourselves to stuff like that and we have a great time. Um, you know, my wife and I are watching some other television series. Just, oh, we watched this great um, series called Vigil. If you ever, It's about nuclear submarines up in um, Scotland, I think it is, yeah. And the whole nuclear submarine program of Great Britain, like a, like a drama. It's a six-part series. That, that provides significance. Um, I see lots of different people doing things. People in my industry, which is the education industry, I see what gives other people significance in the workplace. It's interesting. Here's what I've always thought, though. And this is why I wanted to bring this up, this whole topic of significance and your physical health outcomes. Whatever, it, and this is what I want people to, 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 this next statement is what I want people to share with others. Whatever gives you significance, family stuff, celebrations, looking forward to something in the future, working towards an objective in your career, the day-to-day work that you do in your career, um, whatever it is that gives you significance, if you refuse to be involved in achieving the correct dose of physical activity, which increases your negative health adaptations, which increases your risk of a heart attack, stroke, or a cancer event. If you refuse to do that, whatever gives you significance is under threat. 
I'll say that again so you can get this concept the way that I would like to have it to be really clear and explicit. Whatever gives you significance, if you refuse to take care of your the correct dose of physical activity, and if you don't know how to do that, listen to some previous episodes because I go through exactly how to do that, the correct dose. But if you refuse to get the correct dose of physical activity, whatever gives you significance, joy, happiness, but meaning and purpose in this case, that's what I mean by significance, whatever gives you meaning and purpose becomes under threat because week after week, seven days after seven days after seven days, after 30 days, after 30 days, after 30 days, which turns into year after year after year after year, people who refuse to get the correct dose of physical activity and learn what that is and learn how to track it and learn how to use the health software, the clinically validated health software that we have, the people that refuse to do that, all of it becomes under risk. Why? Because a health catastrophe like a cancer event like a cardiovascular disease event, heart attack, stroke, end-stage organ failure, a myriad of other things, they become a much, much higher risk of it happening to you. The reason I say that and know that and experience that in my life, my father did not get the correct dose of physical activity. Remember Professor Stephen N. Blair from the Arnold School of Public Health, a PhD in exercise physiology, He writes the seminal paper, medical research paper, in 2009 and publishes it. The title of it called The Biggest Public Health Problem of the 21st Century. Wasn't smoking, wasn't obesity, wasn't high blood sugar. It was a low active heart fitness score, meaning a low capacity to get the correct dose of physical activity. That's what drives the disease. That's what puts you in a position to drives the disease forward in a person's body. All the years you don't do that means that whether it's in your 30s or like my dad who just dropped out of a heart attack at 46, he didn't know it was going to happen. Happened on November the 1st of 1989. He had no idea it was going to happen. But everything that was significant to him ended that day. This year, the year that you're listening to this, Approximately on a global basis, 18 million people will have a cardiovascular event like a heart attack or a stroke, and they will die from that. That's 18 million. In second place, just as insidious, just as horrible, about 8.2 million people will get diagnosed with a cancer event and pass away from that. Will the correct dose of physical activity protect you from everything? No, of course it won't. It's not this panacea where it solves every single problem but does it cause molecular and physiological changes to drive down your risk of a cardiovascular or cancer event the answer is yes well i'll say this and i'll finish up with this part of the i'll finish here on this part of the episode right now and we'll finish the episode here right now i'll say this whatever gives you significance is under threat and from not having the correct dose of physical activity. I love watching movies like we did tonight with Apollo 13, and I love then going online later, sometimes during the movie, and reading about the character person who in real life, 
What were they like? What did they do? Where did they come from? And what gives them significance? It would be great to sit down with 93-year-old, 93 years old, as I record this, James Arthur Lovell Jr., the person who was the captain that of Apollo 13 mission in that famous movie by, um, by Ron Howard starring Tom Hanks and some, and some other well-known actors as well, and Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon's one of the three astronauts in this movie and playing one of the, the real-life characters. But I want you to know that the things that give you value, significance, joy, happiness, I don't want them to be ripped away from you. It, I'll tell you, here's a good episode to go and listen to. Go and find the episode that I talk about, um, the American country music superstar called Randy Travis. There's a previous episode in this series in the New Science of Physical Health. It's way back to, you know, we're at 121 here. It's way back at like number, I don't know, uh, in the first batch. And it's about, it says Randy Travis's name in the heading of the episode. And that's a person's life where what they did that was significant to them, singing country, writing country music songs, singing country music songs, was ripped away from them. There's another episode about Larry King, the American talk show host, who just passed away recently of a cardiovascular event. He was an old, older man, but when he was 50, he had his first heart attack, maybe even before 50, and it significantly altered the course of his life. And so he had his part of his life ripped away. What gave him significance, stolen from him, because he didn't get the correct dose of physical activity, because he didn't know anything about that. That's why I produced this show and all the other tools that surround it, particularly this new pack that we've just produced, which we've got sitting here at our warehouse, and that's the Experts Health Blueprint Pack with the book inside it and a whole bunch of other ecosystem tools around that to help people get the correct dose and to keep them on track, particularly those people that are sitting in that category right now, that camp of they're not interested in their physical health outcomes, they don't get the correct dose, and they weren't looking like they were going to get the correct dose. Well, this pack will do that. It'll take you from there into the category that I'm in and thousands of other people, but not enough, tiny slither of the community that you live in who get the correct dose that drive health adaptations positive health adaptations that drive, then drive down their risk of a cardiovascular cancer event. Thanks for joining me this episode of Significance. You should make a list of what are the significant things. They will be under, in your life, they'll be under threat if you're not getting the correct dose of physical activity. I can't wait to share with you tomorrow, everybody. Talk to you then. Have a great day, wherever you're up to. Bye for now.